Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of Vinylism for this month, and I'm your host, as ever, Adam Winchell. And tonight we've got Kenny with us tonight. What's going on, Kenny? Hey, how you doing? It's a uh, okay. fine evening. Glad to be uh, chatting with you gentlemen. Yeah. And alongside us, we have, as ever, Chemo. What's going on, man? How much, man? It's been, we're definitely having some nice weather today so in California, so that's that's definitely a good thing. There's a, yeah. a little chill in the I'll air. I'll say we're, uh, we're, we're glad we're not in Texas, you yeah. know? Oh. It's, uh, it's tough, uh, Tough times happening weather-wise around uh, country here. Yeah. Chemo also had a long night, right? You were kind of up late doing something? Yeah, I was playing video games. <laughs> What's it called? Hunt Down? Hunt Down. Hunt down. It's like a, a game, kids. Contra-ish run and gun on the Switch. Nice. <laughs> well, tonight we're going to be talking about um, a genre of music that's kind of... Uh, around for about 50 years i'd say and i don't know how well known it is really by the public at large but what i'm talking about is space what's known as space rock and this kind of goes back to the late 60s and basically what kind of inspired the show for me was like what is space rock and like what is it now and has that changed i mean it's definitely easier to track in the late 60s but i pulled a definition off of wikipedia which I think is pretty good instructively of like what we're going to be talking about. So it says space rock is a genre characterized by loose and lengthy song structures centered on instrumental textures that typically produce hypnotic otherworldly sound. It may feature distorted and reverberation laden guitars, minimal drumming, languid vocals, synthesizers, and lyrical themes of outer space and science fiction. That's pretty, you know, general. Sweet. It's better than Discogs uh, definition, believe me. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, you know, music and art—it's uh, sometimes a difficult thing to categorize because because it's so subjective. You know, like uh, what makes one person feel something might be feeling something, bringing up some other feelings and emotions for someone else, and all that. So, but uh, yeah, space rock. I mean. Um, you know, I think the, the first thing that comes to my mind when I think about like it, the, the origins of it, right? Uh, and obviously like some of the, the pioneers, right? That you would think of like coming to mind of like bands like Pink Floyd, you know, at, or David Bowie and Space Odyssey and stuff like that. It's like we had a, uh, yeah, Space Oddity. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, you know, we, we had, it was the time, man, the culture, we had this like mind expanding counterculture going on in the sixties. And there was a race to the space race with us against the Russians trying to get to the moon. And I think that triggered that sort of consciousness for a lot of artists. And I'm glad you brought that up. And I want to read another, some, another something pulled off of Wikipedia that kind of plays off of that. So Humanity's entry into outer space provided ample subject matter for rock and roll and R&B songs from the mid-1950s through the early 1960s. It also inspired new sounds and sound effects to be used in the music itself. A prominent early example of space rock is the 1959 concept album, I Hear a New World, by British producer and songwriter Joe Meek. The album was inspired by the space race 
and concerned humans' first close encounter with alien life forms. Meek then went on to have a UK and US number one success in 1961 with Telstar, named after the newly launched communications satellite and thus intended to commemorate the new space age. Its main instrument was the clavoline, an electric, electronic forerunner of synthesizers. So Joe Meek, I'm sure you guys might've heard of him, like, you know, pretty famous uh, studio pioneer, studio music engineer. And yeah, he's got a line of uh, equipment and stuff like that. Mic preamps and things like that. His, his plugins now, like yeah. Joe Meek compressor, stuff like that is what I most know him from. But yeah, it's kind of interesting. I haven't ever heard that his, his number one song or that album, but I have heard some other Joe Meek stuff. It's pretty out there. Like I think he used a lot of... Uh, What's the instrument with the weird that they played on the Star Trek theme? Theremin. The, the theremin, theremin, yeah. Yeah, he did some stuff with the theremin. I think he even like maybe designed his own electronic kind of instruments too. So pretty interesting guy. He's got an interesting story. But um, that kind of goes back. Go ahead, Kenny. That kind of goes back to uh, the 50s. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I, there, there's stuff that uh, just, you know, sort of coincidences or things that I've heard of. Uh there's, there's a lot of the stuff, like, for instance, I, I don't know that much about Joe Meek's music. I know, like, the name from music equipment, right, and recording gear and that type of stuff. So it's pretty interesting, the, the little story you got there. But uh, I was also just hearing about this this movie that's going to be released pretty soon, this documentary that's called Sisters with Transistors. And uh, I heard it on NPR they were talking about it and did a little look up on it. And it, it basically documents women's history with electronic music and pushing electronic music forward and how they've often been sort of pushed to the background. Like, unfortunately we men have done to them for a long time, but there was some real interesting stuff with them being pioneering, like in the studio, um, pushing the theremin forward. There was this woman who was like a, a singer back in the days when the theremin like was first created and uh, she helped push it the development of it forward to make it more musical so that she could actually perform with it and uh, that kind of stuff. And like women doing like, you know, I think of, I picture like Roger Waters, you know, goofing around with, with Moog synthesizers and stuff like that. But like there were women that were doing this stuff and pushing those things forward too. And uh, basically I'm, I had, I'm real psyched. I want to check out the movie as soon as it's up for streaming. It sounds interesting. Um, Yeah. It's like, some cool stories, I'm sure. Like Wendy Carlos, maybe too, that did the Clockwork Orange soundtrack, although the classical stuff like electronic. <clears throat> Interesting. Yeah. But uh, Kenny, you mentioned a couple pretty seminal bands in the what's considered the pioneers of space rock, Hawkwind and Pink Floyd. I think the Sid Barrett era of Pink Floyd, and just after that, and after Sid Barrett left, is definitely, definitely. Uh, kind of a front runner of space rock of course yeah i mean yeah. who could you who could think of space rock without thinking of like dark side of the moon right yeah and they kind of took that up to that you know because <laughs> i guess i read that they were worried about being kind of pigeonholed as a space rock group to where they changed the lyrics of one of their songs echoes that started out as like a space song lyrically and they changed it to like an underwater song because you know they didn't want to be like you know kind of uh again pigeonholed by that you know, for uh, categorization of space rock, but of course they kind of took that to like their biggest, one of their biggest albums, kind of the space theme. 
Yeah, I think looking back now, like there's there's a sort of sense of nostalgia for us. Like obviously, it's, it's it goes back a lot of years now to look at to like 1970 and 71 and stuff where some of these albums were coming out. And um, but you know back then it was like it was cutting edge totally. artistic vision. You know, it was like coming out of the 60s into the late 60s. Like people thought like. Uh, our technology was taking huge leaps forward and like the human race was going to be able to do anything. Recording technologies even, I mean. Yeah. Which I got to mention here, uh, Hendrix and uh, his song Third Stone from the Sun on his first album, Are You Experienced? It's a semi-instrumental. He's got a little spoken word section near the end, as you guys probably know. He's kind of speaking from the perspective of an alien, like giving his thoughts on humanity. But uh, man, it's a really way out, like really cool song. He's got a couple others I could throw. I could mention like 1983, a Man I should turn to be. More spacey in sound, I think maybe than lyrically. Um, Bowie, of course, he mentioned. You know, Space Oddity, Ziggy Stardust. But uh, not to spin this off too much, but when I put this out there to the Steve Hoffman forum, you know, they kind of wag their finger at me about Bowie not really being space rock, which, you know, I guess if you're looking at it from lyrical and musical standpoint to where, which I listened to the Hawkwind album today, their, their major one space ritual. And they have the, the lyrical aspect through and through and the musical kind of repetitive hypnotic, you know, spacey driving kind of music. Whereas Bowie, Bowie was kind of more, you know, just kind of rock glam pop, you know, and he did the stuff very well and, did the space themes very well, I think. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think basically people, uh, go ahead, artists Kino. change. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, ahead, I think it's, it's definitely subjective because everyone's got like their own taste in music and they define the music that they listen to. And I think it's all, like Kenny said earlier, prior to recording the conversation, uh, that it's subjective to the listener and how they interpret things and what they learn and gather and sort out in their heads. So yeah, I, I think it's, it's completely subjective. So, but uh, yeah. I think with Bowie too, like he's got such a large. Uh, Diverse. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like such a, such a wide range of music that he did and created throughout his career. And he was always moving and changing. So he, to me, like the, he certainly had a, a brief period of space rock and, and like the early seventies. And then he moved on and then wanted to do Ziggy. other things. He killed Ziggy yeah. off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I could see, you know, if some, if somebody wants to go, yeah, well he did like let's dance and you know, some of this more pop stuff that he did later or whatever. Right going, ah, that's not space rock, but, but talking about like the origins of calling a genre a space rock. I mean, he was definitely there. Definitely with space oddity as well with the, the big first hit. Um, I could also put Miles Davis in there. Some of his more kind of spacier excursions, especially from his electric period. And of course, definitely Brian Eno, who has an album called Apollo Atmospheres and Soundtracks from the eighties that is, you know, com complete space music. You know, there's no singing on it, but it's just like very atmospheric and 
kind of meant to be like you know i think nasa even might have like used it or played it on something they're affiliated <laughs> with but uh, or he might have wrote it for some of that for them but so a bit of eno but um on this hawkwind album space ritual it's from 1973 to i didn't know this before i listened to it it's a two-disc live album advertises 88 minutes of brain damage documenting their 1972 <laughs> tour the liquid light show and lasers new dancers wild costumes and psychedelic Im- imagery the hard edge concert experience attracted a motley but de- dedicated psychedelic drug users science fiction fans and motorcycle biker motorcycle riders so they kind of had a wide range i mean when i listened to this album some of it kind of reminded me of like the stooges with flutes I mean, like musically, <laughs> it gets a little more like, you know, but it's a lot of this kind of hard driving, you know, kind of like, it's very hypnotic, some of it. And I can kind of see where this evolved out of garage rock and psych and kind of made its own like, you know, subgenre of rock. And I got to say also listening to this, that I wonder if Johnny Rotten heard this album in the early 70s, because it's almost kind of, you know, pre-configures punk a little bit too to me. So it's all it's kind of seemingly yeah. connected, all that stuff. Like, yeah, I think it definitely it definitely has a lot to do with the scene and things that were going on too. Um, I mean, of course, you can't really downplay the fact that drugs and psychedelics and things had an impact and and a lot to do with the culture and things driving this too. And and you know, thinking about going out into outer space, right? It's like some of that's like escaping this rat race of humanity here on earth. Right. And so some of that fits in with like that counterculture of like, just, you know, mind expanding drugs and doing, doing things to kind of just knock yourself out of the normal consciousness and, and like a escapism kind of. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Can you did some digging today on, uh, on some of the other perhaps lesser known to us, I hadn't heard of them, but some of the other, titans of the 70s space rock scene what did you check out well i don't know if i would call him a titan but uh i stumbled across a band called eloy that was uh, a german band who uh apparently they've been active up until to like just recently like they've they their first album came out in 71 um they're kind of a uh, prog rock space rock um their their early 70s and mid 70s albums definitely fit this kind of genre they um they've got a mix of you know a bunch of bunch of sort of classic bands but kind of put together in a cool way um you know there's probably like tidbits of floyd in there they claim to have little little tidbits of like king crimson and um who knows vandergraaf generator or like other other spacey trippy hypnotic prog kind of bands um and another name that comes up when you do searches, band that you know that uh, Adam pretty well, Gong. Oh yeah, they definitely. They uh, produce quite a lot of music. That's some of it's pretty pretty far out there. For, Flying for sure. teapot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this um, stuff's pretty wild, like musically and lyrically. I think they definitely qualify. At least, at least the albums are known for Flying Teapot and like you and some of the early '70s stuff. They kind of became. They also kind of shifted into like kind of a. I have one of their albums, just kind of like I wouldn't call it slick, but it's just kind of like more prog, no singing, and 
sounds quite a bit different. So yeah, definitely gone. Um, like one other one from that era is, uh, is Nectar who, uh, I guess they, the, uh, had a, had a run there where they were fairly well known and, and they've been putting out albums for, for quite a long time. And I have one of their, one of their albums, remember the future, which, uh, some people kind of consider sort of their, one of their pinnacle works, I guess. Uh, that's one that I've got in my, my vinyl collection. That's a pretty trippy album. I think it came out in 75, something like that, 74, 75. And, uh, it's basically like two tracks, like side A is one one track and side B is a second track. Oh yeah. <laughs> you gotta play that in one of the parties, man. I wanna hear that. But yeah, it's uh, it's good stuff, man. It's very out there, improvisational, jammy, trippy, spacey, you know, lots of concepts flying around. So it's it's good stuff, man. There's definitely nice. some some vintage things in, in the stacks there. I'm sure there's bands like this Eloy band that I stumbled across. There's probably like a whole bunch of other like prog and kraut, you know, kraut rock kind of bands and stuff that we hadn't heard of or don't know too well that are some hidden gems in there too. Definitely. So I guess seemingly kind of fell out of fashion as a style, at least, you know, maybe more so in the mainstream after the seventies, but you know, they talk about the resurgence of space rock in the nineties and it was kind of mixed with shoegaze, stoner rock and stoner metal and noise pop genres. And uh, I'm just going to read the rundown of bands here really quick that someone posted on Wikipedia. So here we got Caius, Monster Magnet, The Desert Sessions, which was Josh Hom, Hame from Caius and Friends, Slow Dive, The Verve, My Bloody Valentine, Loop, Ride, Shiner, The Flaming Lips, Failure, Year of the Rabbit, Cave-In, Sundial, Hum, Orange Goblin, Porcupine Tree, Spaceman 3, Spiritualized, and Mercury Rev. I'd say, well, I wanted to have a discussion about this because I guess kind of what we were talking about earlier, it's as a genre, space rock kind of merged with other things, kind of like heavier rock and different styles in the 90s. Uh, you know, I think it definitely did. I mean, the 90s was uh, such a creative era for music, I think. Um, just kind of combining elements from the past and pushing things forward a different way. Um, you know, but it's a pretty wide swath of, of bands there on yeah, that definitely. list. Um, some of those, I think, hit home for me. And some of them, I don't know if I would think of them as space rock, but... Chemo is Shiner Space Rock. <laughs> to me, it is, but I mean, it's all subjective. I, I also call it Midwest Rock, but because of the region that they're from, but right, Kansas it, City. Yeah, and I think that um, some of it is just. There's some lyrics there here and there, but I don't know. It's hard to say that they're completely space rock, but there are some elements of it. I think lyrically, he, you know, kind of name checks, has some uh, spacey elements in it. Musically, they're more kind of mathy, kind of like, you know, post hardcore or something. 
I feel like Alan's uh, other band, The Life and Times, is more space rock than Shiner. Yeah, a little more shitty as well. Just yeah, the vibe wise, the music is is a little more droney and hypnotic at times, and and a little spacier. And from that realm, the other thing that comes to my mind is uh, I can't remember. You probably know Kimo. Uh, I can't remember uh, his drummer's name, Eric from uh, from Life and Times. Oh, Chris Metcalf. Oh, Chris, Chris Metcalf. Metcalf. Yeah. Um, like his other band, uh, the Stella Link. Yeah. Like I feel like that was like a cool like Midwest space rock album, um, which has kind of got elements of that Life and Times and Shiner and kind of stuff and tossed in there. Yeah, Mr. Nice. Jaguar Attacks is a great album. Great okay. album. Heard that from you, Kenny, a while ago. Yeah. Yeah, but the other stuff, Shiner, I feel like uh, I love Shiner. Definitely love them, but I, I don't know. They don't, they don't give me that space vibe, you know? It's more kind of like the epic kind of widescreen sound they have with like, you know, the heavy guitars, the effects, like, you know, crescendoing songs that are like super powerful, like elements of that, you know, it's not like the garagey kind of throwing it back to like Hawkwind, which there are parts on this Hawkwind album that reminded me of the sword or maybe the sword took it from them, you know, took some inspiration yeah. from them, but you know, well, the sword, you know, like they get dubbed as like stoner rock or kind of, you know, that sort of thing, but they've, they've got a lot of like, as well as like themes of the occult and stuff like that. There's quite a bit of sci-fi reference and that, yeah. that sort of stuff and the swords music too. All right. I'm going to throw it out there for whoever wants to take it failure. Are they space rock or not? I would say, yeah, I think of them as that way. I mean, not every track, right? You can't, you, you know what I mean? You don't have to pigeonhole somebody so much that every track has to be a space rock song. Well, that's what I'm trying to get to here because a lot of their stuff, yeah, they got that vibe going on with a lot of their stuff though. It's definitely sprinkled throughout their, uh, their catalog. Chemo, yes or no? Yes, I, I'd say so. I mean, the most recent album in the future, your mind will be, your body will be further away from your mind. The furthest thing from your mind. Furthest yeah. thing from your mind. And uh, well, definitely Fantastic Planet, like with the imagery. Planet, and... yeah. Yeah, that one, I feel like the... their space, they're more, you know, the most space rock album that they did. I mean, it's more in the lyrics and imagery. I mean, you know, they have a song called Another Space Song on there. And it's kind of the escapist thing again, you know. As yeah. a metaphor, perhaps. And a lot of the music just has that vibe as if you're just tripping out and floating off into space, sort of yeah, like suspended animation kind of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That definitely to me, that album, Fantastic Planet, definitely I put it up there. Spiritualized too. I mean, you know, they have this great record, ladies and gentlemen, we're floating in space, which is, you know, definitely one of my all time favorites. And real spacey vibe i mean their their front man was a uh, spent some time in spaceman three also who were kind of like early you know resurgence of uh the space rock sound kind of more druggy perhaps but uh you're the rabbit i don't know ken andrews band after failure i don't know if i would call them space rock yeah i don't really i don't hear it i don't really see that i mean another one of their contemporaries that we all know well, a hum. Yeah, and it was hum, on here too. 
they definitely they definitely give me the space rock vibes because you feel like some of their songs you know it's not like the it's not like the airy reverberated spacey you know kind of sound it's just thick heavy fuzzy guitars but it's like it almost feels like you're just you know careening through outer space in a in a little you know pod or something like that like when you're listening to some of their tracks and then they definitely got like the lyrics and sci-fi vibe and spaciness going on too yeah for sure i mean even swerve driver kind of you know name checks some sci-fi and space travel rock and roll stuff with their lyrics and I, I wouldn't call them i'd call them more i guess you know shoegaze if i had to like you know deem it something but uh mm-hmm. there's elements um monster magnet classic band i mean definitely inspired by hawkwind clearly and other things but uh and what's that one uh I'm trying to think of the, the name of the album dope there's one album dope to infinity that's the one the that was the first that's the first one i had from them and uh great you know, they, they, yeah they had that song negasonic teenage warhead was like the, the radio <laughs> song but there was a bunch of like trippy outer space themed totally it's on that one a lot of effects with delay and droning guitar stuff going on and things mixed in there too which i would love to have that record actually like of course i have the cd but that'd be a great one for to have on vinyl yeah that's, yeah Man, that's yeah, that's a good one i got i got the cd too don't have that on vinyl i don't know but, how uh, common it is or how easy to find it is sounds like it's uncommon I Might would be. think so, man. Because you know they did a reissue in 2014, I think, actually, but still hmm. probably pretty hard to find. That mid '90s era, right, was when everybody was like, "Death to vinyl CDs are so much better," you know, and like, <laughs> you know, digital was was taking over, and and so some of that '90s era stuff is yeah. not so easy to find on vinyl if they were even pressed at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know how controversial this will be, but Radiohead, I think another one that kind of fits they have some pretty spacey songs kind of some of the more earlier stuff especially like you know lyrically the imagery is you know like planet telex from the bends and god i'm sure there's something on okay computer i'm not thinking like subterranean homesick alien you know on there like you know they had some of that kind of they've got space, yeah space tidbits paranoid android and yeah yeah the there's sci-fi imagery it's gone now mostly but yeah but there's definitely bits and pieces in there um some songs where i where i get those kind of spacey vibes yeah definitely kima won't you weigh in on some of this on some of these bands i listed see so caius i am thinking it's more stoner rock for me yeah desert sessions too this session's more jamming to me and stonery. Yeah. Do you think Hum is? Uh, hum, by far. I always gravitate to the lyrical content of like the scientists, to uh, the pod. And there's some brilliant lyrical imagery that I, that I think of when I listen to these songs by Hum. Inlet. Is a, it's like an inlet of an engine or something, describing like uh, 
space travel, you know, so like rockets and I think it's, yeah, I, I just love the lyrics that Matt Talman comes up with for the songs and this is, he has like the engineer like sensibility and knows these term, terminologies for mechanical engineering or some aspect of like science. What about the Verve? Do you guys, are you very familiar with their early stuff where they were kind of more airy and kind of shoegazy? Can't say I'm super familiar with them now. The stuff that I have heard from them, I don't really get the, the space rock vibe from them, but I don't know them well enough. Maybe, uh, me as well. Their yeah, early maybe, stuff maybe they super, do. Super reverby and a lot of effects and, you know, kind of very shoegazy which they kind of evolved out of that as well. Hmm. But, I, you know, just based on that list of bands, I'd say Space Rock had quite a good resurgence in the 90s and still probably pretty doing pretty well. What do you guys see as the future of Space Rock? Well, I don't know what I see of the future. I, I mean, obviously there's, you know, you're, you're probably more in touch with this than I am, Adam, with the electronic music and so I was thinking, you know, yeah, ambient stuff. You know, there, there's people doing tons of, of stuff with that. Um, but I get, I mean, it just all comes down to uh, like sort of what you categorize it as, like, or how you categorize stuff. Like, like, would you consider the Mars Volta to be space rock? So I, I saw their that. name come up on lists. Certain people had put them in lists of, of space rock bands because they it's more prog to me. They I definitely mean, have some weird sci-fi lyrics and outer space lyrics. And yeah, they get super spacey with the music. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I mean, to me, I, I don't. I wouldn't necessarily think of them as a space rock band. Well, like what kicked this all off in a way for me was seeing like someone describe Doves, their 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 album uh, Lost Souls as space rock. I'm like, that's a great record, but. I never saw them as like space rock. Hmm. And again, it's the really expansive and kind of lush sounding, you know, textural kind of music. But yeah, well, I got a couple things, you know, it's like like some modern stuff. Um, I, I've got two bands um, in my my recent vinyl collection that are uh, still putting out music and and that I would definitely put in that category. The first one is King Buffalo. Um, their last album that they put out is called Dead Star. And you know, the whole album is it's, you know, like the song titles are like Red Star, Part One and Two, Echo of a Waning Star, Ecliptic, Eta Carine, and Dead Star, right? It's completely space themed. But uh their catalog too, though, they've got this very open, airy, spacey, drony, hypnotic kind of vibe. Definitely have like some some little bits of you know, sort of, uh, I don't know, Pink Floyd to Dead Meadows kind of droney stuff going on. And and so. Was that on your top yeah. five uh, last year? I was it? Was. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> uh, I remember two months I don't ago. Know. 20, 2020 was kind of a blur. So I'm kind of <laughs> erasing that from memory, you know, like. I think it was on your top <laughs> five, just, you know, just so you know. But. But yeah, they're you know I, I see them as being a band that that's carrying this forward because they're still active and out there and and um, I put them in that category, and uh, 
one other one is Howling Giant. So I, I've got their uh, most recent album, which is called Space Between Worlds. And, and they're real big on like sci-fi and sort of comic book themes and outer space. And, you know, they, they got tracks on that most recent album called Comet Rider, The Orb, Cybermancer and the Doomsday Express, stuff like that. And, you know, completely different from like, the open airy spaciness of like uh like hawkwind or some of the old bands but they're they're kind of a fuzzy fuzz rock you know stoner heavy rock kind of thing but they the the themes and vibes that they have going definitely lean towards other worlds and out of space outer space and that kind of thing so yeah you know, there's, there's bands i think there's current bands that are still out there doing it um what are some uh, space rock albums in y'all's collections? Do we already, is that a couple that you would probably put in there, Kenny, for you? Those, that's a couple of mine. Yeah, for sure. And the Nectar about, album you have. How about you guys? What do you, what do you have in your collection? Chemo? One thing that's absent from my collection that I really want on LP that is a lesser known Minneapolis band called Houston as in Houston, we have a problem. And uh, I tried to get the singer guitarist to uh, press the vinyl, but uh, he's kind of out there. So um, wish wish it would get a press, but not sure if it's in the, in the cards for the band. Like Houston, yeah. Head Like a Roadmap, Overhead, Bottom of the Curve, Live on Fish Island, or Live on Fish Island, uh, not Live on Fish Island. Um, I wish that would be press on vinyl, but uh, that's one I'm, I'm hoping in the future that we'll see the light of day, but I'm not yeah. sure. So. What do you have that's in your collection you would call Space Rock? Shiner, I have the entire discography. <laughs> of course, I, I've been a fan since... Lula Divinia, so got the reissue or the first press of Lula Divinia, the first press of maybe the first press of, of uh, Splay, the first album. I actually bought it at the record store in 96 or 7. And uh, yeah, that was like a on a whim kind of deal. I saw the CD and I'm like, no, I think I'll check it out. I'll buy the LP since it's limited press. So that's a nice record to have in my collection and signed by the band, of course. Nice. Uh, I would say a few. First three Hendrix albums, of course. It's a given. I mean, all of them kind of have at least some parts of like some sci-fi elements or even though it's not like through every song and some pretty trippy music. Uh, the first two Floyd, Pink Floyd albums, Piper of the Gates of Dawn and Saucer Full of Secrets, pretty classic stuff. Uh, Kimo, you picked up the mono Saucer Full of Secrets for me a few years ago. RSD. Yeah. I uh, just had the, both of those on actually a few weeks ago, back to back, and like Piper quite a bit more, but uh, those first two Floyds are pretty great stuff. Uh, another one, uh, some Porcupine Tree, I think would definitely qualify, especially some of their early stuff. Like that Coma Divine record, Kenny, that you picked up for me. 
um, like the triple live album with their original drummer, Chris Maitland. And uh, really long, kind of they stretch out live on some of these songs. It's very Floydian itself, you know, and they kind of take it, you know, in really interesting directions. And if not so much in the lyrics and definitely in some of the music for Porcupine Tree. And one other one that I think, I don't know if we touched on, Van de Graaff Generator, but uh, one of their favorite albums, one of my favorite albums by them, it's called H2He, Who Am the Only One. And it has this insanely great song on it called Pioneers Over Sea. It's like this 10, 12 minute epic about, you know, space travel going wrong, like horribly wrong. And uh, it's like super trippy and like, you know, the music and lyrics, everything is just like, you know, that's like a space epic. Nice. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. I mean, I already tossed out a couple of stuff that I had a couple of albums, but I've got a couple of, from the sword warp riders. It's a classic sword album. It's definitely, it's got that sci-fi and some some spacey themes on there. Um, bad, but King Buffalo is definitely uh, one of my favorites. I got several, pretty much. Uh, I've got all of their albums on vinyl except for the most recent. They put out a live album recently. That's that's the only one of those ones that I don't have. Uh, yeah. Try, trying to think of anything else if I got like hiding in the stacks that would fit in this category. Uh, you know, I don't know. It's interesting. Like when I was ha having dinner earlier, I was, I was talking about this with, with Layla, she was bringing up like Led Zeppelin and I was kind of like going, yeah, I don't know if I would really think of them as being space rock, but they definitely have some tracks with like some of their, some of their tunes. It's like cosmic kind of, you know, kind of, you know, epic widescreen again, like cashmere and stuff yeah. like that. It's kind of spacey. Celestial. Yeah. Never kind of really viewed them as a space rock band, but, you know, I guess, you know, you can make a case for, for certain acts. Yeah. I'd have to say I'm like, I'm looking forward to hearing Open Hand, but I'm not sure if you call eh, it's more stoner, but yeah, some elements of space rock. Matt Talbot is on two songs on Honey, and the, the self-titled track Honey is phenomenal and out there and just like trippy lyrics and the album that's supposedly been been coming soon for like 10 years <laughs> oh that that's the other one that's the other album that's coming out is weirdo it's coming out march 5th <laughs> finally a new one by them by yeah. open hand yep are you talking about the reissues chemo you ordered or did you already get that yeah i did pre-order you and me the dream and uh the b-sides collection so I'm looking can't forward to I ever, Can't say I ever thought of open hand and space rock, but I'm probably not familiar with their whole catalog as you guys are. Yeah. Uh, hey. Yeah. Not not completely like in the pocket like Hum is, but there's some elements of songs where it's mentioned, but not really sold on the idea of them being space rock, but just some songs are like, they're out there. 
Well, I think uh, we hit on that topic pretty well. What do you guys think? <laughs> Nailed it. Is there anything else you guys want yeah. to add? Oh, um, I'd like to touch base on Caven, Jupiter. Yeah, they mentioned one of these bands that were listed, Caven. Ooh, that's such a beautiful record, man. Uh, I really love that record. Uh, and then Tenna as well. Got some great songs on there. I think it's got a tinge of space rock in it. Um, but Jupiter is just like, there's some great tracks on that record. Uh, love it's named after a planet, so, you know. Yeah, you, be, there you go. Be space rock. <laughs> yeah. Is Jupiter still a planet? <laughs> Unlike Pluto. Mm. That's what I was thinking of. All right, uh, let's wrap it up there, guys. Thanks. This is a pretty good conversation. I feel like I learned a lot on this, just doing some research before the show. Like some interesting stuff to think about here. Uh, Kimo, final thoughts. Yeah, the the whole subgenre of rock being space rock is one of my favorites. Actually, it's something of always gravitated to and I'm fascinated by like I don't know if I'd be skeptical about space travel in our near future but one can only dream right well, did we just send the Mars rover up again like another like another exploration of Mars some kind of oh yeah awesome headline yeah. about that today so you know, we're yeah, trying space force we're trying there's i mean there's a lot of research going on there's stuff happening uh it doesn't get the uh front page publicity like it once did but there's a lot of um a lot of stuff going on where, where we're sending out new the late like latest technology for like basically like radio telescopes and things that can operate from out in orbit where they can essentially pick up and see and you know, send back, radio yeah. waves at, at much more than we can pick up from here on earth. And so there's, there's a lot of exploration and things going on. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't know, man, there's a, it's pretty scary. Like I've been watching plenty of this show called the universe on Netflix. It's like old, you know, I don't even think it's probably like at least five years old. I think it's like from 2015 or something like that. But, uh, um, there's a, there's a lot of obstacles to us as human beings who were not evolved to live in space and environments outside of our, our earth. <laughs> it's, a, it's a long way to us begun, you know, going out in there being like sci-fi movies where we're just you know, colonizing Mars or some other planet and doing all this. Oh yeah. But it's, it's definitely interesting though. It's, uh, it's pretty mind blowing, like looking at the science and the research of this enormous immense universe and everything that's out there i'm just hoping this is the year where we make alien contact or they make themselves like known to us officially and it's the only thing they can top last year right like <laughs> yeah. yeah all right kenny final yeah. thoughts some more final thoughts uh yeah you know i i like to keep an open mind musically like you know uh i don't you know, I, I don't want to try to get elitist with bands and categories and all that stuff or any of that, that, you know, it's whatever is good is good, right? If it hits you, hits home with you, 
but uh space rock definitely it's a it's it's a kind of a vibe like a sort of an ethereal vibe when when bands do it whenever they do it it's something that usually connects with me when it when it's done well and some of these bands we're talking about it's not like every song that they write is that way but i definitely like that escapism aspect of it and the sort of existential viewpoint of like who am i you know what who are we as humans on this earth and putting our self in the picture of this whole cosmic universe and where we fit in and all that so it's something that definitely resonates and there's bands out there putting out cool music like that i'll be i'll be seeking it out and trying to buy it for sure all right well everyone thanks for listening and uh keep spinning we'll catch you next time peace later guys good night